I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen. I choked out on that one. Welcome to the Line Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Aaron Alexander, and today I had the privilege of speaking to Mr. Brian McKenzie from CrossFitEndurance.com. In this episode, we talked about all sorts of fantastic stuff, everything from the potential deleterious effects of high aerobic training, uh, the impact of psychoactive substances on your movement practice. We talked about spirituality, we talked about all sorts of really, really fun and controversial topics in this world. CrossFit's probably changed the fitness industry already more than anything else in this world. Let's make no mistake that training is training. And there's a reason why elite level athletes are elite level athletes and and the rest of us are mediocre or what we do. So I know you guys are gonna enjoy this episode. Uh, Be sure to leave comments and share this episode that determines the ranking and the visibility of the show in iTunes or wherever you're listening to it at. And be sure to check out the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On that website, you will find all the information about Brian McKenzie and all the guests that I have on this on this uh, show. You will find my blog. You will find hundreds of absolutely free videos on movement, on functionality, on getting the most out of your body. You will find online coaching. You will find self-care product. You will find so much good stuff on there. And I know you guys are going to enjoy it. So for now, sit back, relax, and here we go with Mr. Brian McKenzie. Cheers. Align Podcast. Awesome. Well, Brian McKenzie, thank you so much for coming on. I've been looking forward to chatting with you. Um, I got a ton of questions for you. I want to just start off a little bit with uh, your background with movement, with CrossFit, with endurance, and kind of like what you've brought to that world and how that transformation has been for you. Um, well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank Appreciate you, it, Aaron. <laughs> uh, it was good to run into you at Paleo FX. Um, my, you know, when I first really got into uh, training people professionally, I, I was hit with a uh, kind of a baseball bat by uh, a guy by the name of Dr. Nicholas Romanoff, who created Pose Method, and he uh, he 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 more or less just like shut down everything that I really thought was reality and. He didn't do it in, in, a, in a confrontational manner. He did it in a manner because I was dealing with a lot of crap, like some plantar fasciitis, a little bit of IT band stuff, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then one weekend, the guy literally had me pain free. And, you know, I'm like, all right, what is this smoke? What, what is this game that he's playing? Why, how, how I, I was in school, you know, and I at the time and I was just like, uh, this is not what we're teaching in school. Um, and so that, that kind of railroaded a lot of the stuff that I wanted, you know, or, or it, it really put a fork in the road for me. And I, and so I took a different path and just started chasing that. And I literally, I've spent probably, oh wow, uh, maybe 12, 13 
years uh, being mentored by Romanoff. But, you know, I've I've you know, I have a close knit relationship with Kelly Starrett, um, who's one of my closest friends. Um, you know, when I first met Kelly, it was it was almost like bromance at first sight. Um, you know, here's this guy talking about the shoulders. You know, he, he literally was talking about the shoulder joint as if it was this. It, it, the head of your humerus is like a golf ball and the joint head is like the size of a dime. And he's just like explaining it. And I'm like, he, this guy just explained the shoulder to everybody right now, right. like not just the medical community everybody and and that for me is the biggest um that that's the biggest thing anybody can do and i think that's what 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 evolution of everything is is being able to break it down so the rest of the world can understand it and we don't have and i i understand we need to have technical terms we need to have medical terms we need to have all this stuff but the fact is is it it that gets lost with everybody else yeah. and so kelly's my relationship has really been to just you know let our minds expand as far as we can um, in, into a world that, you know, we were just catapulted into because we thought differently. And, and that was the whole, like, CrossFit movement when I, you know, I, when I got here. But it, it was, you know, it was well before the CrossFit that I started challenging stuff and I started, you know, looking at stuff differently. And, I mean, it was probably when I was, you know, four or five years old that all this stuff started happening. And I mean, growing up as, as this punk kid in Orange County, you know, in the 80s and 90s, I was very anti everything. And it was just like that kind of carried over with me, but not so much anti, but to question things. But if I'm going to question them, I'm going to experiment with them. And that's one of the things that I think is the biggest thing that I've done that's helped me change a lot of the stuff and look at movement in a bigger, better idea. Awesome, man. And so I, uh, Kelly starts actually coming on in about a week or so. And I totally agree with being able to break down these complex ideas into something that's simple as opposed to like, you know, as medical or uh, healthcare professionals kind of like stroking each other's egos of like the glenohumeral yes. fossil articulating with yes. the head of the humerus. It's like, that's bull, man. Like nobody cares. Like, like if you can't break it down so that the whole general public is able to understand, then you're just having like a dick measuring contest. You know, exactly. <laughs> that, that is exactly what, that is exactly what it is. And, and that's exactly why a lot of these people and I don't get along. And, and that's why, you know, and I'm not defending Greg Glassman by any means, but Greg's a friend and, you know, Greg doesn't get along with a lot of people because he's literally like, look, I'll just put my dick out on the table. Here's what we're doing. Here's what it is. And, and, and here's the size. How big's yours? And, and everybody's just like, uh, you know, and, you know, and I get it. It's a little brash, but you know, the fact is, is it's like he, that's why he's been successful with CrossFit. Yeah. He's literally given people something, you know, whether you follow it or not, or whether you don't like the politics or not, it doesn't matter. The fact is, is CrossFit's probably changed the fitness industry already more than anything else in this world. And it's going to literally, it's keep, it's going to keep going. So, you know, it's, it, it's a big deal. Right. Um, you know, and I'm not here to defend CrossFit, but I, I, I do think that the thinking of CrossFit is, is part of what we're talking about right now. Sure. You know, in CrossFit, you know, with anything, it's a model, you know, like, so we were, we were chatting at the Paleo FX event, you know, Paleo is a model. CrossFit yes. is a model. Yoga yes. is a model. You know, all these different things. It's like, 
the seed of this stuff starts off pretty pure. And then inevitably, the bigger something grows, it will become diluted, you know? And it's so easy for CrossFit to become the whipping boy or whatever it is, because yeah, people do get hurt. When you're throwing heavy weight up above your head, you better have the support and the stability, you know, and the, the prereqs for that to happen. If you have a crummy coach, you will get injured, you know? And so it's like, of course, but, the, yes. but if you're not potentially gonna get injured, you're pr it's probably not worth doing what you're doing. You know, it's like life is dangerous, you know? And so if we're not training for that, what's the point? You know, it's that like is, isolating yourself is too safe. Yeah. I, 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 I could not have put that better. I agree with that 100%. And I, and I, and, and I think it with, in, in talking about, you know, my relationship with Kelly and, and I have several relationships with a lot of coaches. Um, but I think our main mission with what I was talking about encompasses that is it's look get what we understand and get it so we can we can get people to start taking responsibility for themselves so that they understand oh you know what pain that, that that's a bad thing like if i'm starting to get pain in my shoulder if my shoulder's cocking forward as i'm snatching a bar like you know what I probably need to work on something else right now and get my shoulder into a better position so that I'm, you know, set back correctly or whatever, you know, you've got going on and you start to understand this yourself so that you're not out there blaming the world for your problems. Right. <laughs> and so one of the things I'm curious with you is so I originally got turned on to you actually through Kelly Start and um, in the relation with the endurance training. You know, yes. and so I actually have an ultra marathon coming up, which, which I've mentioned on the show before. I, I don't care about running so much at all. I'd much rather dance and move and do gymnastics or something that's like I, right I did here not right take, now. I did not take you for a runner. I did take you for a dancer. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. That's great. That's good news. I like that. And that's a compliment. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I'm curious for you, you know, the, the, the term, the like buzz term is biohacking, which I don't know if you, you're for your into that term or not, but it's almost no, like what you've <laughs> done to a degree is like figured out a way to have hack this a bit, you know, as opposed to investing a hundred miles of running practice into your hundred mile race, instead investing, you know, sprint training or interval training or high intensity interval training. Like, can you riff on that a little bit or what that is and how it relates? Yes. Yes. I, 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 I guess it would be something very close to, uh, hacking something, but you know, we've, we've, uh, I, you know, I, it's not necess necessarily the faster approach going the route we went. And I think, you know, um, it, because there's so much emphasis on skill training, and that's what I put out in Unbreakable Runner. And, and a lot of people didn't realize, like, the biggest questions we get on the Unbreakable Runner boards are, uh, am I supposed to really be doing these drills for 30 to 45 minutes before I actually run? And it's like, yes, <laughs> you are. <laughs> that that is exactly what you're supposed to be doing and and you're supposed to be spending the time learning this stuff but i think the what we did was we gave people who have lives a lot of ability to do things that they maybe they love or maybe they want to try or maybe they'd like to experience and that being said you'll never be able to take away the love or joy of something and, and, and we, and, you know, we talk a lot about flow and all this stuff now, but it, it's like that a lot of these people, I'm not trying to take away and say, oh, you know, you can't run long. You can't go run and do your thing. Go, go out and, and, and enjoy yourself and get sucked into that whole state of flow and like where it is you're in bliss and, and enjoy yourself. But let, let's make no mistake that training is training. 
And there's a reason why elite level athletes are elite level athletes and, and the rest of us are mediocre or what we do. And that's largely because elite level athletes feel that flow and they apply it to everything they're doing and they go after competing. Now, the rest of us who want to experience something, yes, there are, there's a big difference between doing a wanting to complete a marathon versus doing a sub three hour marathon. Those are two entirely different things and we have to just identify that stuff. And I think what we've done is really given more substance to the, oh, if I want to train for a three hour marathon, I actually, these are the types of tools I'm going to have to use for it versus just going out and running long every day and taking three years to four years to get there. And more or less, if I, along that way, I'm, if I pick up some sort of an injury, I'm worse off than I would be if I picked it up on a more high intense approach or heavier training approach because that's going to expose that weakness or hole a lot quicker and I'm not going to have a poorly embedded movement pattern. And so you were mentioning flow for, for listeners out there. That's uh, Stephen Kotler innovated that. I believe that's his word, I think. I don't think anyone said flow before. Yeah, I, I, believe it is, I believe it may be his word. And uh, yeah, so I'll provide a show link to Stephen Kotler episode as well, where we get into all this stuff and kind of like a little bit deeper about what Brian's talking about. Um, so I'm curious, are you on the parade of people that are kind of breaking down jogging as being like worse than cigarettes or what's what are your thoughts on just slow repetitive jog and then a little tag along on top of that is um, the relation of like sprint high intensity training versus that slow training what is the impact on our you know our, our ability to to uh, to go longer yes um, so uh, the 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 differences between like the what was the 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 sprint training like the, the impacts of that versus the longer slower training is largely what we're looking at with stuff like that is the the, the development of mitochondria and the, the breaking down of tissue now the breaking down of tissue thing is going to be occurring more so in somebody like a runner okay which will take me back to the jogging question is jogging is not running. So if you're going out and jogging, you're not actually running. And and people like to identify themselves into these categories like I'm a crossfitter or I'm a runner or I'm a triathlete or I'm a this. And and I, I, I've really removed myself from all, all of that. I, I, I like to play, I like to train, I like to take care of myself. But there, you know, that that whole difference between what running and jog jogging has really destroyed the essence of what it was that running could have been back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I think that's why we've literally been, we've gone from, you know, the 80s of having marathon, average marathon times at 3.30 to they are, all, I, I believe they are over five hours at this point, where the average time is over five hours. That's, that's, that's terrible. That's not, that's not a run. That's, that's a, that's a, like a walk, jog, run, walk, jog, run. And, and I understand that it's like this lifelong goal to go out and participate in something like a marathon, but the damage that is incurred when we do something like that because of the eccentric loading is what high intensity training and actual weight training 
can pick up the slack on so that you don't actually have to go out and spend hours upon hours upon hours of slogging out miles in a very poor position because that's what jogging is. It's a shitty position. It's a really poor position. And running is not. Think Usain Bolt. Think Haley Gabriel Selassie. Think, uh, let's not think Ryan Hall right now, but Ryan Hall prior to being as injured as he is. But, you know, it, it's, you know it, it's running is a beautiful thing when done correctly. Yeah. And I think what people need to recognize is that it's exactly what you're saying, where it's like we need to break down the individual components of that system and then integrate the whole entire system so that we have an effective movement the whole time. Every, you know, it's like when I'm training people, I'm talking about like every single repetition of anything that you do, whether it be a spin or a flip or a pull up or you know twist or a jog or whatever every repetition is your first repetition you know and i think it's so easy that when you get on repetition one million on your ultra marathon like slug fest you know you can have some crummy crummy positions you know and if you were if you were perpetuating that crummy position i guarantee you you were going to be putting some serious stress on every joint in your body you know and so along with that it's like your body is eventually like smoke's going to start coming out your knees you know, and, and yes. then as well as from a metabolic perspective, I'd like to hear a little bit of, of your thoughts on like the oxidative oxidative training and how that is that stressful on the body to do to go overboard on yes. that type of training. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's over. I've seen I've literally seen the exact same things we see in overboard oxidative training that we see within overboard anaerobic training. Adrenal shut down, cortisol levels through the roof, you know, you're just smoked and then two years later you're coming out of this coma that you couldn't do anything in and you're just now being able to do like step ups or lunges, you know. It's a terrible thing, especially if you're somebody who's active. But and that that's that's where the di that's where the difference between I've got to do something 3 hours a day every single day even though I work 12 hours a day and I have kids and I do this and it's like, yo, you don't understand what healthy is right now. You're just chasing a mist. Uh, you're chasing the dragon. Right. You're literally chasing. There's no difference from a drug addict, you know, and I'm, and I, and I don't mean this towards just oxid over overboard oxidative training. I see this exactly on the opposite end with the overboard, like anaerobic training. Sure. You know, it's just, dude, you are literally chasing something that you're not going to catch. It's a false thing. Right. Yeah, I used to uh, just like probably like six months ago or something like that. I was really obsessed with I mean, I'm, I'm I fairly I like jump with obsessions. And um, originally, it was like, again, same thing like you're saying, like, overdoing the training. So I would get up at like, 10pm at night sometime not get up but just go out for like a long jog at 10pm at night and I'm like this is great right because I'm kicking my ass you know like you know the Absolutely. more the more yeah, that I, I beat myself oh, yeah. you know I have to I, get stronger Aaron dude I've been there done yeah. it I, I got up at midnight once and ran a 50k on a fucking treadmill like that you know, do I, that who's doing that why are we doing it? oh i just need to be ready to run it in the night yeah. oh oh okay you know and i think yeah. there's so many people it's like you know call it a call it's really easy to pick on the american culture you know but like call it a cultural thing or whatever it is but we feel as though if we are not constantly busy if we are con not constantly pushing ourselves then we are you know losers or we're, we're, we're weak or whatever it is and i think what that really is at the core of it which we'll probably end up getting more to this a little bit later in the talk um it's just an insecurity with yourself. You know, if you sit yeah. in place for too long, it's just going to be you and you. 
<laughs> you know, yep. so it's, that's that's a very uncomfortable thing for people. You know, it's, I think that's what it ends up being. We, we really need to recognize, like, it's okay to just take a break. In fact, it's more than okay. It's it's the right decision. You know, we need to to nurture ourselves. We need to rest, and then we will be able to actually achieve a higher degree of performance. But so many people they end up just getting stuck at this like 70 percent potential performance because they never actually gave themselves a rest to come out and push themselves to 100%. Every time you train, you should be at least one to two to 3% stronger than the last time. If you're not, you know, go drink a mojito, like hang out at the beach, like it's, <laughs> take a break. <laughs> we, we speak the same language, my friend. We speak the same language. Awesome. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> cool. So I'm curious for, you know, like you, people have a lot of respect for you in the movement world. Like what is your daily movement practice look like? Ha. Ah, that's funny. This is the first time anybody's ever asked me that. Interesting. Yeah, I know. That's weird. <laughs> right? What do you do, dude? <laughs> uh, I get up about 4.30 in the morning. Um, I start with a breathing exercise. Um, and then I move into some heat training where I'll, I'll probably step into my sauna. And then I go into some cold shower or an ice tank and I start playing with cold in and out of it with the breathing stuff. Um, and then I go into some mobility exercises. Um, and then I, I, I like to start training by 6.30, 6, 6.30 in the morning. So I'm doing something, uh, whether I'm on my mountain bike, whether I'm at the gym um, doing some sort of intervals or even some steady state or some you know lifting or CrossFit, whatever. Um, and then if, if there happens to be uh, a, a swell going on. I'll probably get the breathing exercises done, and then the rest of the day is dedicated to surfing. Right. So I, I'm I'm gone, you know. Um, and and that's like my main that that's my love. That's where my love is at right now. Um, and and I find most pleasure. But the the daily routine that's basically how it goes down. And and I'm training typically every morning. Sometimes it doesn't happen like that. And I've got a I'm in meetings or stuff like that. And then I'll get some sort of training done during the day. But if I feel like I'm cooked, I don't train and I take the day off and I'll just stick to, you know, being at work all day. I'm curious, you know, so I'm, I'm a surfer too. I, um, one of the things that happened with me with surfing is starting to get my shoulders pulled forward, you know? And so it's like you, you are arched back and you got that thoracic extension, your shoulders are back, but every time you paddle, you're digging anteriorly. And if you know, I think that you can actually retract your scapula and all these, you know, fancy terms, like bring your shoulders back and be able to paddle from that. But do you do any type of like unwinding from surfing when you get done? Or is it like surf, take a shower and, and go to sleep? Uh, no, uh, I, I'll, I'll typically do some T-spine mobilization stuff. It's funny you bring that up because I, I, I was talking with Kelly Slater who has uh, some stuff going on. And although he's still competing, this is one of the big issues that we've talk, discussed about is his T-spine and being able to be in that positive position and not compromising his shoulders in the way that he has. Um, and this is largely the, 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 the biggest problem with any paddle sport is being stuck anteriorly and then trying to generate power or force from that position because the shoulder head is now out of position. So you're just in a really poor and you know, we, we Kelly and I showed up at at San Jose State uh, University's 
uh, we've done some work. We've consulted with the team for the last few years, and and one one of the things that we brought up quickly was um, there the, you should there should be no such thing as a shoulder injury in swid- swimming. It just should not exist. And there was a girl sitting there who just had you know her her shoulder reconstructed basically because she was in this really shitty poor position. And that's unfortunately what happens. This is something like, you know, with Dusty Payne, we really reinforced, even though Dusty had some knee stuff, but this was stuff with his shoulders because his shoulders are really stuck forward, just like he walks around like that. And it's like, um, you know, we, we got him a crossover symmetry unit that he uses before he competes, before he surfs every day, all that stuff. And this is stuff that we really have these guys really enforce so that they don't get stuck, so they feel where that power position is versus forward versus having that shoulder on. Awesome. And is that something that you have felt in your own body is something that you've worked with or is it more, oh, yeah. have you nailed it from the beginning? Yeah, no, it, it, like I, I, I know when I'm shutting down right. and, and, and it's just, it's an automatic, okay, got to reset and set myself, you know, and Ke- Kelly and I have actually discussed all this stuff, like not only with paddling, but even cycling where it's like when we're mountain biking, when you start to feel the shoulders come forward, the elbows come up and the shoulder versus, you know, locked down and the, the elbows can still be bent, but just those elbows coming up and the shoulders forward, you feel yourself starting to steer from that shoulder. And this is exactly where if you go down and you're here, boom, that shoulder's out. You're, yeah. you're dislocation quick, if not the AC joint getting separated. Right. So, right. you know, the, it, it, it's all the same thing, man. And, and swimming, paddling, cycling, running, it's, you know, even with running, it's like if your shoulders are here and you're running like that, you're just you're just a, a, an injury waiting to happen. Yeah. And I, it's an interesting thing because I think it's, it's good to have these conversations, you know, because there's so many people out there that we see, you know, whatever your thing is, if you're into professional fighting, if you're into surfing, if you're into rock climbing or whatever, these are things that I've kind of like watched. And, you know, a younger version of myself, I would look at these people and be like, you know, a lot of times the top athletes, they're like injuries waiting to happen oftentimes, you know, they're, they're because they have put themselves into these positions so many times, you know, that they've literally become that position, they become that sport. And then, you know, the younger folks that are trying to get into that, they see it, you know, and they're like, Oh, cool. Rock climbers have this like hunched over, like hyper kyphotic, like horrible position because they're belaying people looking up at the rocks. And, you know, it's just like it's so and then climbing is a compression activity. You're sucking yourself up against a wall, you know, and so we, we can sometimes confuse ourselves as bystanders and think that that is optimal. That is not optimal you know that is a symptom you know and luckily these people are hopefully getting paid well for that symptom you like look at nfl athletes like they have like you know the the lifespan of you know it's like the lowest lifespan you know but hopefully they're getting paid for it but we need to recognize that just because someone is good at an activity doesn't necessarily mean that they are correct as far as like what they're doing in their body bingo cyclists are probably the worst out of all of this yeah you know that like cyclists become so attuned they become a a they become the bike they become and 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 they will literally i don't know if you read tyler hamilton's race about uh the the secret race but he, he talks he talks at length about the stuff that they can and can't do and the training's a nightmare. Like it's all high intensity, and and like it's never easy. And but these guys aren't even like really allowed to walk upstairs. Because, <laughs> I heard that because they don't want them. 
like conforming to anything outside and they're so fragile and that's the problem with, with cycling is it's like dude there's no eccentric loading whatsoever right you your body has no idea what it's like to be under gravity other than your taint and your ass like on a seat <laughs> and that's it and, and and so you wonder why you you know your your unit doesn't work it well here's why <laughs> you know all the pressure that your feet are supposed to have on them is on is on your ass <laughs> yeah. so at any rate but you know it's just it's exactly like the rock, rock climbing thing it's like dude you just conform to the rock bro right. like congratulations you're no longer human right exactly yeah. you know, well, it, bicycling great birth control though one of the most, one of the cheapest, most effective forms of birth control. So it's got that going for it. Um, I'm, so I'm curious along with that, you know, I've had a lot, I've had a, a very, I, I know that my evolution of myself is so minimal right now because I've watched the expansion that's happened over the years. You know, I feel like every six months, I'm like, I don't even know who the heck I was six months ago. I'm curious for you, you know, like what has your movement evolution been in yourself? What's your perception of what's valuable in your movement practice in your, in your, just in yourself in general, you know, like the 20 year old version of Brian McKenzie versus the current version. Like what do you know now? Or, you know, is it the same? Uh, no, it is not the same. Um, I, I was not the same la as I am last year. Um, but you know, I, uh, I, I, I mean, the 20 year old version of me was just like believed I was some sort of a rock star, I think, at that point. And, and that that failed miserably. I, I don't mean I was in a band. I was just partying like a rock star. Um, but that, you know, getting into this profession of, of coaching uh, really has taken a, an evolution of going from I think training is what everything is to um, life is more like what everything is <laughs> like, and, and by life, it's like everything that goes on, you know, training is a part of my life, but training is not my life. Um, you know, I, I, I am more so and want to be a part of something that is, I am have enjoying every last second of what I'm doing. And, and a lot of times I'm not because I'm caught up in work and stuff that I don't want to be doing with emails and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it, it, shit yesterday or the day before yesterday, it was, it was terrible. Like I just gotten home from, from Austin, but I'd been already gone for like 12 days on the road. I was out in Princeton and it was like, I get home and I'm just barraged with a bunch of things and I'm getting caught up and I'm not able to go and take care of me. And, you know, it's just like, well, here we go down the tubes. And then I'm like, nope, I'm going to go into the breathing practice and I'm going to get a little move me moving going on right now. And you know, that always helps. You know, the biggest help for me is, is, is probably the water, whether it's surfing. And if I don't get in the, if I don't surf, then I'm, I'm in a pool or I'm in some body of water and I'm, and I'm training there or I'm screwing around in the water or I'm playing with my dogs in the water. It's just, it, it, that that's my relief. Um, that's, that's my place where I just kind of unwind with stuff. Yeah. And saltwater ocean, just floating in general is one of the best resets that our bodies can actually, you know, participate. in. I don't remember the ex exact specific deal of something I read about like a year ago. I've like downloaded is like, okay, cool. Great. If I'm feeling wacky, get in water. <laughs> yeah. You know, but there, there's science behind that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, have you read blue mind? No, I got to. What is I, I, yeah, you should read that. It's a it's a fairly hard read because it's very analytical, but it's um, it it is uh, Blue Mind is a great book and it explains our connection to the water. Awesome, cool. Yeah, 
Yeah. And um, yeah, so yesterday I was talking to Danny Dreyer on here from uh, Chi Running. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before. And uh, yeah. super, super fun conversation. I really, really enjoyed talking to Danny. Um, very philosophical, you know, very like everything is everything. And one of the one of the quotes that he has in his Chi Running book is uh, run as you live and live as you run. You know, and that's one of the one of the quotes that from Miyamoto Musashi that Kelly is always, always, <laughs> you know, make your everyday stance, your battle stance, everything make your battle stance, your everyday stance. You know, I, <laughs> I, I say what, some version of that quote, I feel like it's almost every day, but it's, least, it's at least bi-weekly, you know, because it's so imperative that we recognize that the way that we do anything is the way that we do everything. You know, and so I'm curious with you, again, kind of like in relation to your progression with yourself and such, um, seems like you've created some pretty cool stuff in your reality. Um, what's your means of goal setting what's your means of you know manifestation manifestation might be you know a word that throws some people off but like what's your what's your means of, of creating what you want in your in your reality do you have some kind of system that you do because it seems Insp like it's working inspiration is largely the biggest thing that i whether whether i'm getting that from reading something watching something or one of my friends or somebody i'm i'm close to or that i have a connection to uh, does something that blows my mind, you know, uh, like I, you know who Josh Sheehan is? No, I got to know these people, man. What's up? Uh, I, I'm not friends with him. Uh, but yes, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, uh, he just did the first triple backflip on a motor on a motorcycle and, and <laughs> watching it, it like he's at Pastrana's, he, he's somewhere in the woods and like he goes up this ramp that looks like a super ramp and literally the guy's just up there forever just doing flips and then lands it as if, you know, my wife was like, he just fucking stuck that. <laughs> like he'd done it a hundred times. And I'm like, for me, that is religion. Yeah, that is everything every like I would ever want out of my life that happened in three seconds for that for that guy, right. because I think there are guys I think for me, that's like there are Buddhist monks, there are priests, there are whoever from every different religion, Gandhi, whatever, who who, who work their entire lives to do to, to get to this point. And that guy pulled off what they feel in literally a matter of three seconds, like just by committing and, and putting his life in that position. But, but he worked to that. He's, he's practiced that stuff. He's gotten there and it's like, dude, I need to fucking do something like that. Like I'm not going out and I'm getting on a motorcycle and doing a triple black flip, but like, like no joke. I went to Home Depot today and I'm building a fucking ramp, a, a skate ramp. Yes. Like, I'm literally going to start building a skate ramp today. My wife's like, is that like productive? And I'm like, babe, you, don't, you, do, you do not mess you with flow. You don't understand. <laughs> mess with flow. Let, let, me, let me do my deal. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think it's so important. I mean, this is pretty tangential, but pretty important. You know, I think that it's so easy for our lives to just you know, snap by us. You know, we look back, it's like, cool, 20 years passed. What did I do? I sat in that freaking office and developed some dude's company that I don't care about. He didn't care about me. And now he fired me. And here I am, you know, I invested thousands of hours of my time and my energy and my thought and all that into that thing. And now it's gone. You know, and it's so, so crucial that we value every single second, every single moment 
of our days and of our lives because our lives are so short, you know, like a hundred years, like that's, that's nothing. You know, a lot of people don't make it to that, you know? And so one of the things that I'll try to keep this really short, this is kind of like an Aaron, like, like you know, thoughts with Aaron, but you know, our, our time, our perception of time is dictated upon the novelty of the experience, you know? So when you're an experience that's new and novel and you, you know, you, you, whatever you're bungee jumping or you're, you're focusing on something, you're driving real, real fast or whatever it is, not that I'm saying that's what we need to do to get this. Your brain actually processes more information, right? The amygdala actually ends up imprinting more information on there and you end up actually perceiving as though like, wow, that was a, a that was more time that passed. It wasn't more time. It's that your brain was paying attention because it had to, you know, we, we, yes. <laughs> we, yeah. So that's like my, like, again, hacking is such a silly word, but that's like my like life hack, you know, it's like. bring as many new novel experiences into my life, like enjoy and get into as much as possible. Because literally what that does is at the end of the day, it feels like your day was a week. You know, like we were just at that, at the paleo FX event together and got back. Like I was there for five days. That felt like it was a month. You know, I was getting to talk to you. I was getting to like, listen to all this great stuff. I was getting to just like, I get back. It's just like, whoa. You know, like what, it doesn't matter. Linear time is bull crap. It doesn't matter. All that matters is your perception (laughs) of your time on this earth. Yes. That's just, and it's just like that kid doing a triple backflip, right? That was was a year in his mind. That was was forever in his mind when he was doing that. I know when I'm getting barreled, it's like, dude, this (laughs) is forever right now. And it's just, everything just And you're just like, holy shit. And I can't explain it to anybody. You just need to know what it's like to get barreled yourself. And it's, and once you do, you get it. You're like, okay, I'll chase that the rest of my life. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm curious, um, for you, you know, one of the things I, when we start talking, having this conversation, you know, I was talking to Steven about this, of course, these conversations go down to, you know, oh, that sounds like some kind of like drug induced experience. You know, I'm curious on your perception of utilize. First of all, like drug, I don't like that word very much, you know, because immediately you say drug and you think like, oh, bad, you know, taboo. Like, yeah. you know, mommy says no, like, you know, president yeah. says no, like, don't do that. You know, but yeah. like looking at it from like plants that come out of the earth that could potentially impact our mind or our bodies or our perception of things in a, in a different way. It may not necessarily be the best way, or maybe it is. I don't know. You know, I'm curious of your experience with, um, with supplements from the earth of this nature. Have they, do you have much experience with anything of that nature? Plant medicines? Yes, I have a little, uh, I have, uh, I, I, I think my largest experience probably comes from psilocybin or mushrooms, um, and then I, I've 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 done I, I've ex- been down the ayahuasca road. I've been down the San Pedro road. Um, I've you know the LSD as well. Um, the LSD and mushrooms. I've had the experience of doing these things when I was a lot younger and doing them just to for the for the fun of it. Right. And and not understanding what I was doing it for to where I am now now and and actually somebody who went into recovery because of alcohol and literally identified himself as, you know for for probably twelve 
13 years of my life, I identified, that was my identity. And I was convinced that, you know, all this stuff was bad. And I was this, this person who couldn't do anything. And, you know, I was dealing with a lot of stress at a lot of times. And, and I built a business and went through a divorce and like all this stuff. And it's like, how the fuck, you know, I, I didn't know how to deal with it. And a buddy of mine who was actually my doctor, uh, was like, look, there are a lot of other options other than taking sleeping pills, which I had, I had already been prescribed for, a, you know, over a year. I had been on and I'm like I just don't want to be on this shit I, I don't want this is terrible for me I know what's good like I understand what's going into me like but I'm doing it just because I want to sleep and I need to sleep and it's like no you really don't your body will give up at some point and you know I started opening up to all these ideas you know and I'm like oh and you know then it's like you know you might want to try cannabis bro like try that it's a lot. It's a lot healthier than fucking whatever you know, ambient or whatever you're gonna take, right, and right. Um, and and that's the facts. You know, I looked into it. I didn't just jump at the whole notion to smoke a little weed before I went to bed. But I, I it took me about three months, and I finally committed, and I got a license, and I and I was prescribed, and I went, and the first night I did it was the first night I slept like nine hours straight in my entire life, and I'm like, well, there we go. Okay, perception changed, and then, you know, it it, it evolved to, you know, I, I really wanted to deal with stuff that I didn't feel therapy or the, you know, recovery was getting me. And that led me to the ayahuasca. Yeah. And, uh, I felt like it was calling me and I did it. And, um, that probably is one of the biggest changes of my life, you know, and, and, and in being able to download that and having a plan going into it and understanding what I was doing uh, and having an exit strategy to, hey, there, there's an implementation that occurs after this. It's not just, hey, we're going to go ride the lightning here and, and and step out and then, you know, just forget about what we did. And, and unfortunately, well, fortunately for ayahuasca, that's not, I, I don't know that that's actually possible um, as it's not really a fun experience other than, if for me, other than the coming down off of it and the experience of downloading and getting all that shit out that's going on with whatever you are dealing with. And um, that was my experience with it. And that's been my experience with psychedelics since that moment. And that's been going on for uh, close to four years now. So, um, you know, I, I have a completely different perspective. And, and any time I walk into a um, something with plant medicine or even non-plant medicine that, that is something that is going to have me looking inward at myself, it, it's, it's, it's a focus thing. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest misconception about these things is that you're, 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 what, what's happening is you're, you're, you're opening your mind and expanding your mind into a lot of things and, <clears throat> and, and you're letting the universe in. And that's, I don't think that's true at all. I think it's more you're coming inward and you're literally going into that, that place where you're doing a backflip for three seconds, except it's going to maybe be six hours and uh, you're in that moment. And you're just going, oh shit, why do I behave this? This is why I behave this way. This is why I do this, you know? And you really start to see why and who you are. And then coming out of that, it's like, what's my strategy? I mean, I would have never gotten into meditation and my breathing and all that stuff. I, there's no fucking way I would have done that had I not gone this route. I was so anti all this stuff. You know, I just thought it was all hippie bullshit. And you know, I'm, you know, like, dude, how 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 ignorant was that? Yeah, of course, there's ways, and plenty of people can, you know, 
get there without doing the psychedelics. And I don't think that they're necessarily for everybody. Like this isn't necessarily something for everybody. If it's not something that's, that's drawing you to it, then you definitely don't need to probably partake in it, you know. But on the other side, it's like I know plenty of people who probably would benefit fairly highly from it that are very anti, right. you know. Right. So at any rate, there's my download session on that one. Yeah, yeah. no, it's great. You know, I think and I love I love all the points that you're getting at with that. You know, I think that it's it's amazing how we have determined what is and is not taboo in our society. You know, why is overworking not taboo? Why is anti-anxiety pills not taboo? Depression pills, you know, like there's so many different GMOs, pesticides, antibiotics, like there's so much cigarettes, alcohol, there's so much, you know, that it's like, we've got to it's trillions upon trillions of dollars in debt and money run, runs the entire show and you yep. can't make money on psychedelics boy right. that is not a winning that's not is the thing no no you can't you can't and nobody <laughs> can fucking do psychedelics every single day by popping a pill because it just shuts down after what day 3 right. you're no longer it, it no longer works right. guess what got to deal with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i think that it's 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 just it's amazing that we permit ourselves you know to be like like we are cheap you know it's like whatever the man says you know it's like okay cool like that's it's got to be right it's like Hitler at one point was the man. We realized that, right? You know, like people trusted that guy. You know, like it, <laughs> we need to recognize that, like, looking at what's happening in our mind and our reality, we are all in a tunnel, some deeper in the tunnel than others. You know, and so to have that opportunity to look outside and kind of get a gander of like what your tunnel looks like, that's a big, big deal. Do not need psychedelics for that to happen, but oftentimes they can be, you know, kind of like a helpful support. I think one of the things with it is though, that it's kind of like you, like you said, you know, it's like when you're a kid, oftentimes this is kind of when this stuff gets spread around. It's like, oh, cool. It's like eat a bunch of mushrooms and like trip out, you know, and then you get shot all this information that's like, oh, and you don't really interpret it as anything other than just like, well, that was crazy. You know, but yeah, as you, randomness, that was that, right? yeah, yeah. Totally. you know, it's like, but as time goes on, I think the potential for you to have a little bit more of an appreciation for what that experience could be, and then actually treating it with great amount of intention, you know, and treating it almost like, like a ceremonious experience of this is why I'm doing this. This is what I would like to get out of it. Likely I'm not going to get what I think I want to get out of it, but nonetheless going into it with intention. That's the big thing. That's the difference. You know, we should be able to relate that to every aspect of our lives, be it, you know, food that we eat or, you know, supplements that we take or whatever it is. Um, I'm curious, and you, you can add on to that any way you like. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, has it, your experience with these medicines, have they impacted your, um, the way that you care for your body, your movement practice? You, you mentioned that you got into a breath practice with it. Like, how do you, do you move differently since that by chance? Yes. Cool. Okay. 100%. Nice. I'm I'm more mobile and flexible than I've been in I don't know ten years, <laughs> you know. In ten right. years, you know, thirty to forty, there's definitely a difference. So you know, right. um, it, it, I, I'm absolutely I I I I cannot be any anything but what the experience was to me, and and the experience for me was nothing but uh, cataclysmic. And, and, and that it changed everything about how I experience life. Um, and, and that said, it's, it's like, but I agree 100%. It's like you have to have intention with this. There cannot, this is not like, I, I don't condone 
own doing this, you know, in any shape, way, shape, or form outside of having intention and you, you, you being with somebody who actually knows what they're doing, um, you know. And that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be going down to Peru for this thing. Right. But, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, a lot of these guys, these ayahuascaros, these guys, these guides that uh, have, this is what they've been doing for eons. And now they're making, you know, <laughs> they've got these retreats that people can come down and do. And, and you know, uh, people, I, I, I mean, I, I did not exit the country to go do these things. I stayed inside the country and I was with people who understand what this is and have been participating in it for long periods of time um, and know what they're doing and actually have medical degrees. Right. Um, you know, so, but the more towards what you were, you know, getting at, it's like, I, I would not have made any, uh, a lot of the decisions now, right now in my life, the way that I made them, unless I had done these things with intention. Now, who's to say, had, I, I don't get there. I wouldn't have gotten there in 10 or 15 years or five years if I would have just kept trying to find this consciousness that I've been chasing and, 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 and being more in tune with my unconscious mind. Yeah, and I think that that's another thing along with that is, you know, the difference between taking massive doses of something and microdoses, you know, like there's, you know, and so depending on who you talk to, I think it was, um, oh, I forget what the guy, what's the guy with the, with the really, really interesting voice? He's like godfather of psychedelics. Anyways, I forget his name right now. It'll come to me as we're talking. Um, uh, he talks about taking heroic doses, you know, so not frequent doses, but heroic doses. Yes. Know, and I don't know that that's for everybody. Are you, you know, talking I, about Hunter S. Thompson? No, no, no. Hunter S. Thompson's a great guy too. But um, <laughs> I, anyways, um, you know, but they talk they talk about taking heroic doses, which I think that that's not for everybody, and that's and that is you no, know, but you can, but we can use this stuff. It's yes. like look at a knife, you know, like a knife. Yes, you could stab yourself in the heart with it, you know, yes. or you could use it to you know cut something in half that you really need to, like build a house, whatever it is. I I, I agree. And, and I, I've I've never done a massive dosing of anything, but you know, and and, and the saying goes like this: if you if you pick the phone to call God, and He gave you an answer, right. there's no reason to fucking pick that phone back up yeah, that. At, at that level. Right. And if you if you know what the answer is, like if you've got the answer that you were looking for, and this is where I think the microdosing becomes very important and and, and a part of your being. <laughs> Where it's like, look, a, a small dosing of this stuff is actually a very healthy thing and, and keeps you in a very positive realm and keeps you neurologically connected in ways that you won't typically be. Um, but I also am very aware of friends and people who, had they not literally overloaded right. you know, with it and had the massive experience that they did, that they would not have had the it would not have had the impact yeah yeah i think in the end of the day it comes down to responsibility with this stuff with anything you know if you're taking like a cholesterol medication if you're taking aspirin if you're smoking weed whatever it is yes. you know and i wouldn't want to relate those together because weed comes from the ground you know so i would say that it's significantly massively more healthy more beneficial and safer for you there's never been a recorded death of marijuana, you know, like over in, in a year, I believe there's yeah. like a hundred deaths from peanuts. You know, people die from hypernatremia. That's water. You OD yeah. on water. No one's yeah. ever OD'd on weed. <laughs> you know, it's like, come I on. Know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. But I think with anything, it's it's a matter of 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 having a degree of responsibility with that. You know, and so I, I think it would make a lot more sense if we did 
instead of making this stuff taboo, make this, make information available, which is the reason I want to have this conversation, you know, is make this information available for people that, you know, cool. If is, is there something you want to work with? Is there something, are you interested in trying this? Maybe don't get it off some black market, you know, like kid on the street that you don't know what the heck it is. You know, we should, this stuff should be in medical institutions, you know, cause people are going to get this no matter what. Right. There's like, yes, weed's illegal, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that all that does just is just look at the criminals. level, but just look at the level of weed now, comparatively speaking to when, and I, I don't know where you live, but eat, like Oregon, in California, it's legal here. Yeah. Okay. So you're you, like, you understand what I'm saying. It's like, okay, you could get good weed a while ago, <laughs> but comparatively speaking to where it's legal now. And even in California, where if you have a license, you can get it. It's like, the difference between what you get off the street and what you can get is night and day. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so, so it's, um, I'm curious, do you have any specific, do you ever specifically work with any type of supplement of this nature in your movement practice or is it, how, how does that work? Uh, on occasion, cannabis, um, I will, uh, it, which I, I actually think cannabis can be a performance enhancing drug. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's, there's, the, they've recently uncovered a lot of this stuff with some, some endurance athletes who are figuring that out right. where you get, get a little high before you head out on your, on your, you know, three hour run and, uh, things get very, very different. Right. Um, it, I, I, I think in, in, I, I don't like, I'm not looking to get, intoxicated more or less with it versus I'm looking to get to a point to where my focus is drawn closer to where I want it and need it. And so if I know it's going to be big and I know I'm going to be out for a while, I'm probably going to engage in something like that. Hmm. Um, you know, just for the sheer understanding of it. Awesome. On that level. Yeah. I, I think, again, like I just dig this conversation because you are an intelligent, fit, you know, dude, you know, you're like your, your life, your life, you know, from an outside perspective, you know, who knows what the internet world is from an outside perspective. I appreciate that. You know, you know, but it, it seems like yeah. things are going well. You Thank know? you. <laughs> they, they do go well. They are going well. But, you know, it's like not everybody would agree with that. A lot of people would not agree at all with what we are talking about right now. Right. And, and they would disagree true. so so vehemently that they it would literally be a you are you're wrong about everything. You don't know what you're doing. You have no idea. And yet this is what the fucking problem is with science is it's like science ain't what it what it's supposed to be. Unfortunately, you can't argue science, yet everybody's doing studies and doing things that are trying to make themselves right versus, hey, this is the results. This says different than fucking what we did, you know, here. Like, and, and that, that's the reality of it. And, and it, you know, all, that's all I've done with my career. Yeah. All I have done is experimented. And when things didn't work out, things changed. Right. And, you know, the latest one, I mean, my training methodology, I was a long, slow distance guy. I would go out and run anywhere from four, six hours every weekend. You know, I would go do epic hundred mile bike rides like every weekend. You know, it was like, this was my thing. That was what I was doing. And then I just didn't like what I was experiencing. So I 
started experimenting and all of a sudden I'm getting better at these things and all of a sudden my athletes are getting better and all of a sudden I'm picking up on more information you know this is it's just this whole cycle of things that start to change when you're open to, to that change if you're just stuck in something that has got you stuck there for no reason but to argue your point of being right you know and I catch myself all the time trying to argue my point of being right and it's like what am I doing right now what's what this isn't like who I am this isn't who I want to be <laughs> yeah yeah I mean and, and oftentimes it's like you're de- you're just defending your ego you know you're defending this this thing that you're attached to is like well yes. that's that's what Brian McKenzie stands for you know <laughs> how dare you you know, I'm I'm Truth. I'm curious with um have you ever had any experience with this because I I want people to also be aware that like you can go any direction with this stuff and I I you know I know a lot of people that have only had positive experience with this stuff but I do know a lot of people that have had kind of like interesting experiences have you had any experiences that were slightly on the end of like oh I don't know if I really enjoyed not necessarily enjoyed if that was the best thing for me or is it all overall been a good thing um well <laughs> I'll tell you right now uh. Two hours into the ayahuasca experience, I was not. <laughs> I was definitely questioning that. Um, I, I was like, "What have I done? What am I doing right now? Am I? I I'm out of my mind." Um, you know, and I, I kind of felt the same way while doing San Pedro, um, where I, and in fact, but the ayahuasca was. I knew by the by the end when we were sitting in front of this campfire and coming down and 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 downloading everything that this was the right thing that I did and, and I had changed and, and, and something about me had changed and with San Pedro I did not feel that way uh, until a couple days later um, it was literally I was just like wow I don't know that I really enjoyed that that really the mescaline thing really kicked me in the nuts uh, you know I just felt like a just a kind of a, a locked down drunk but very consciously aware of everything and you know being like it was just it was a trip but the the download that happened after that two days later it literally became this oh wow now I'm starting to get it and I literally have to feel as cognitively engaged as after that San Pedro experience Hmm. so you know it's it Sometimes you, you, you I, I think it's what you make out of it. I mean, there were plenty of times when I did LSD a long time ago that uh, were definitely, I was like, I am never doing that again. That was the <laughs> worst experience I've ever had. It was a total bad trip the entire time, you know, and I'm like, fuck, I was out of my mind. And then, you know, six months, eight months later, oh, all right, let's do it. What, I is, forgot a, what, is, what does a bad trip look like? Um, you know, I, I remember vividly uh, the, the the worst one I had. I was at a party. I had decided to take acid, and I was at a party. This was just out of high school, and um, I, I'm there are 200 people deep in this backyard that does not fit 200 people. So it's just wall to wall people, and I'm like, oh my god! And it's just kicking in, and I look up, and 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 the the moon is full and what I see are like the gates of hell that just closed on that moon and I'm like uh oh and I, I, I was just like I shouldn't be here I, I don't need to be here right now I need to get the fuck out of here I just need to leave now and I didn't tell anybody and I just exited left the party I didn't drive I ran five miles home 
I'd never run in my life. Like I played soccer as a young kid, but I, I, I was a swim water polo player. I just got up and ran five miles all the way home, went up to my room in my room and sat there in my room and just stared at the ceiling and the ceiling just looked like it was coming down on me mm-hmm. until it wore off. Finally at about, you know, six or seven hours. Were you and, able and to that, derive value from that or was that just, no, it just wasn't no, okay. No, no. At that point in my life, I don't think I really derived any value from it, but the, but the, but the experience is still with me now. From right. Now it's like, okay, why was I experiencing that? And, and the, the, you know, the value out of something like that is, oh, the, I, I'm dealing with a lot of shit now that I have not dealt with and it's piled up and this is why I'm here. And this is essentially what the bad trip is. And, and exactly. you know, this is essentially the experience that is talked about in, within ayahuasca. And it's like, there's only one other time in your life other than if you're doing a psychedelic, the DMT thing is going to kick in and that's when you're passing and that is when you are dying. And, and I've watched, I, you know, I, I watched my mother die, and, 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 and it was literally, I was li- consciously aware of what was going on, and I'm like, holy shit, she's literally tripping out right now going through this experience, and it, and it, it was, you know, it was, it was very tough, but it was like, when I went through that, and I understood it, it was like, wow, this is that thing that they talk about like especially within Christianity where you're going to answer for a lot of things as you pass. Right. And that's more or less what this experience is, is that you are dealing with all the shit that happened in your life and especially the big things at that time. And, and that was what I, my experience was with the ayahuasca. And it's like, hmm, I made some mistakes. I need, to, I need to fix this stuff and I need to change this stuff. And yeah, there's other ways of dealing with that. But I'll tell you what, it, it was never that vivid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the, that what happens with with these these medicines, oftentimes, you know, it's it's very comfortable to live inside your perceived notion of yourself. You know, it's like I'm, you know, I'm Aaron Alexander. I, you know, I've whatever. I do this. I do that. You know, you mentioned before, like categorizing yourself as some type of mover or some type of business person or whatever it is. You know, like I'm a ballerina. You know, like that's that's yeah. my thing. Like I, it's like you take ballet away from me. You know, it's like I don't. know. Whoa, you know, <laughs> my yeah. shell is gone. You know, yeah. I think that that's what happens with with these these moments that people go through. You know, like I think that's what a bad trip is. Oftentimes, you know, it's like you lost your shell. You know, and all of a sudden, like I don't remember that my name is Brian McKenzie anymore. I don't remember like all this stuff. My anchor points that I found to be securing, you know, and safe, they're gone. You know, and that's, that is a really, really uncomfortable feeling, you know, but what I think it is in the end, that bad trip, actually, once you start to kind of interpret what's happening there, you know, kind of usually towards the end or whatever, you know, it's like, okay, wow, you start to put your marbles back together in a more integrated way, hopefully, you know, because you got to actually see yourself from a different vantage point. You know, but that makes a lot of people super, super uncomfortable. But the fact of the matter is very much so. Yeah. You know, the fact of the matter is we're all, we're all the same thing, man. You know, like we have these, we think we're separated by our skin, all that stuff. That is not true. You know, we we are all interconnected. We are all floating around in the same soup, you know, but to, to get that visualization sometimes makes people like, eh, not so good. Maybe not right now ready for that. Yep. Yeah, no, you know, and, and it's it's interesting because I I, I know when I've I've taken uh, a few athletes through these experiences, and we have seen massive 
massive changes. And, and, and this isn't like the first time this has happened, you know, like, um, from my understanding, guys like Peter Reed have, have did this and, and found out, you know, I, I don't know what his ultimate experience was, but I do, I, I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, his whole, whole experience with, with it was, I don't want to be a professional athlete anymore. This doesn't, this doesn't work for me. Or I actually, this, is what I want to be and this is what I want to do and I now know and have the focus and drive and motivation to do this and we, I, we, I have seen this stuff firsthand and that's I think we're the biggest for my world where these changes come from from my profession you know and seeing a lot of this stuff now it's not like you know every athlete that comes see me hey you ready to go do a uh, ayahuasca journey or you know no this isn't like it, 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 it couldn't be farther from that but the fact is, is it's like a lot of people don't like they have these identity crises is going on and they don't understand that. And I think this is largely a big part of it is, you know, it's the same thing, anything we do, whether you are identifying as a runner, a professional runner, or you're a, you know, businessman and I have to be this and I'm just like, I got to do, and it's like, wow, okay, maybe we got some stuff to deal with, you know, and that's yeah. just it. Right. Yeah, man. I, I super appreciate your willingness to chat, chat about this stuff because I think it is really important that you know, we get it out there and let people make a responsible decision as opposed to just being necessarily like, you know, tricked or confined or limited by something that may necessarily not necessarily be the best thing for them. You know, so I, I'm curious, something I ask everybody with um, on here at the end is if you could go back to yourself at any age that you want, you get one opportunity to go back to any age and give yourself just one little like little bit of, of words of wisdom, what age would you choose and what would you say to yourself? Hmm. Wow. Um, probably 18 and, uh, you know, it, 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 it'd be like more along something along the lines of finding, finding a mentor, finding somebody, uh, to, to guide me. Right. I, I did right. not have that, you know, and I, and I was very reluctant to ask for help and, uh, even Whatever I dealt with, I dealt, you know, I, I figured out by the age of 24. But it, it's like, had I done that, I probably would have been able to get to where I feel like I'm at now. But the fact is, is, and I've said this many, many times before, is I would not go back and change anything. I, I, I do, I do believe that I've, I have lived a very fulfilling life, regardless of where that ends. Right. I would like to do a shit ton more, but. <laughs> But it, 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 the the creative process in me is is burning. But I I'd be okay going tomorrow, awesome. and it'd be awesome. I'd be just fine. Cool man. So, where where do people find you at? What's what's um, yeah? Where can where can people find you? Uh, Facebook, obviously, Brian McKenzie. I don't use it that much. Uh, I, I don't interact on the Facebook, but uh, Twitter I am very active on, which is at I am unscared. Um, and Instagram is the same thing. Uh, my websites are crossfitendurance.com uh, or athletecell.com. And my supplement company is threefuel.com. Cool. 3fu3l.com. Where do you surf at? Where do you live at? I, li I live in Orange County. So I, I mostly surf in the Newport Beach area, uh, Huntington Beach area. Cool. Uh, but I, I, I get over to Hawaii probably uh, anywhere from six to ten times a year. Um, I'm pretty tied up pretty closely with a lot of guys over there. I'm actually headed to the Big Wave XXL Awards on Friday. Sweet. So, yeah, it, that's always fun. 
Cool, man. <laughs> well, next time I'm in Orange County area, definitely hit you up and uh, love to get out go surf. I haven't surfed out there yet, so check it out. Let's let's go surf. Anytime. Rad. All right. Cheers. Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thanks, Eric. Align Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show, and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can find my blog. You can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the, and the uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self-care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body. You can check out the online coaching where we work work out how to optimize your movement practice so that you can live optimally and pain-free for the rest of your life. As well, be sure to check out the self-care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car. And it's like a physical therapist and a massage therapist all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening. And remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.